Empress with Savvy the Business Podcast. And we are on with Keyson Patel today. He is an entrepreneur, author, and an M&A expert. Um, and as always, you know, I always like bringing on experts in various industries. We talk about various topics. So I'm going to read you a little bit of his bio and we're going to jump right in. Keyson Patel is the founder and CEO of M&A Science with the passion to drive the M&A industry forward. He was an M&A advisor for 10 years in which he sold larger companies such as commercial banks and hotel chains. In 2012, um, he, is noticed as with, he noticed teams lack efficient technology to manage deals and create deal room and M&A lifestyle management platform. In 2016, he started the M&A Science Podcast, devoting his time to creating a platform where all the best practitioners could share their best practices and lessons learned from real-life deals. Kyson uh, then created the M&A Science Academy in 2020 to offer step-by-step -step training to those looking to master M&A featuring courses created by top-level practitioners. So, first... Tell us what is M&A and how did you come up with your program? Mergers and acquisitions. So think of it as big company buys little company. And um, I, from myself, it came from working in the industry. I spent about 10 years advising both the buy and sell side on these types of transactions. And pretty typical founder story where you have an understanding of the industry and some of the, the bigger pain points and noticed a trend of these project management tools that were stemming from the software industry and getting adopted by other industries, which led to the inspiration to start the company Deal Room back in 2012 to bring a project management type of tool to M&A. Well, thank you so much. Welcome and welcome to Savvy the Business Podcast. And um, to start out with that term the terms of merger and acquisitions is something that is not talked about a lot um, a lot of people aren't really informed about them and don't really understand the process through those so i'm glad that we're you know that this is a topic today uh to talk about some of these things and um after 2020 there's a lot of that i'm sure taking place <laughs> right now and um as we're going through through everything. Kyson, are you there? It looked like you froze. Oh, yeah, sorry. It froze up for a little bit. I got a little couple of red bars here, but Okay. <laughs> okay. So um with uh M and A and with the way everything went in twenty twenty, I'm sure a lot of, you know, mergers and acquisitions have happened because of what we've all gone through in twenty twenty. Um, why did you start the academy? You know, it's like one of those one thing led to another and I got into podcasting about five, six years ago. A buddy of mine in marketing was like, hey man, you should do a podcast. And I was like, what the hell's a podcast? And he's like, don't worry <laughs> about it. It's gonna be the next big thing, you just gotta do it. Yeah. And kept bugging me and I said, all right, let me just give it a shot. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wasn't into it in the beginning, but then you know, probably the second year I noticed like people are actually listening to this, this is pretty cool. Uh, I think the one thing, as a team we got good at was repurposing content. We would take transcripts of these podcasts and write eBooks, blogs, 
we ended up publishing two books. Right. And started doing these events during COVID, uh, online summits. And then got the idea of starting an online school for MA to help practitioners continue to evolve their skills and get access to more of the practical how to's that were. Okay, we cut out again. Okay, we stopped at how to's. Okay, I just lead into the next question on that one. Okay, so um, understanding the how to's uh, for small businesses, um, is this something that they really should be concerned about right now? Or um, do you think that most small businesses are too small to worry about any type of mergers or acquisitions? I think it depends on where you are in the stage of your business. If selling your business is something that you're considering, it's good to start thinking about that maybe a couple years ahead, just to start shaping what that's going to look like, who the potential. Uh, your business is thinking about expanding through potentially acquiring other businesses, which would definitely reshape your strategy and how you would approach doing that. So I, I think that's where it tends to start is getting a sense of what your goals are and then where M&A may fit into that. Um, most of the time it tends to be on the selling side that you have an owner that's operated business and maybe doesn't have a clear succession plan and looking at exiting or selling the business to realize the value that was created. Uh, it, it tends to be um, where we see a lot of founder owner operated businesses start considering M and a as an exit vehicle. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you see, um, see it changing? You know, the, I think the big thing we theme of the, the big theme is the, the process itself is shifting from just a pure financial focus to a people focus. A lot of times when we think of selling a business, it's really around oh, how much money am I going to get? And you, you know, often hire an investment bank and they'll run a competitive process and try to get the top dollar for your business. And things are shifting. I think the owners are becoming more conscious about the broader picture about what is the business going to look like after the transaction happens? What's going to happen to the people that have been, with the company and worked so hard to create the value in the business. Now you're seeing owners putting a lot more consideration about making sure the business is going to a good home, that there's going to be continued growth and prosperity that's going to happen after the sale. Um, also where they're going to fit in, are, are they going to be around for a transition period? Is that something they want to do? Do they just want to wipe their hands clean and go off to an Island? Um, so there, there is definitely a lot more emphasis, about the people in the transaction than I think previously uh, um, w was the typical. Okay, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen uh, with mergers and acquisitions? There's a lot. I, I think a lot is if you don't have domain experience doing it, try to find somebody that has it because there's a lot to navigate and ex mistakes in M&A can be very expensive. I think starting off is just preparation. A lot of times owners don't know the preparation that's involved to sell a business. 
And it's if you're going to present your business to potential buyers, they're going to do a form of diligence. They're going to be in there inspecting a lot of different aspects of your business operationally, financially, to have a good understanding and comfortability for them to put the capital to purchase the business. And you need to prepare for this ahead of time. You need to make sure you have clean books, uh, really do as much housekeeping as you can, just like selling a house. You know, you want to make sure it's nice and showable, uh, then that's going to get keep a lot of people to, to have a stronger interest and comfortability to do the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a lot of little things that pop up along the way. And if you can work with somebody that has experience, can help guide you, typically good attorneys are helpful. You know, not just getting the, the general business attorney that you used over the years, but getting somebody that's actually got experiences, experience doing M and a in your industry. Uh, that that's going to be, they're going to be expensive because <laughs> them and attorneys that specialize in M and a don't come cheap, but it, it's one of those things. It's just well worth it. It's well worth to have that guidance to overcome those hurdles, to uh, help get the clarity and, and the terms that you're agreeing to what the obligations are and just, mitigate some of the surprises that come up because none of these deals are smooth, clean and end process. And, um, it's a taxing process. I think that's another thing that gets often underestimated is managing and responding to the diligence of a prospective buyer. Once they sign into an exclusivity period, typically they use what's called a letter of intent. Then it's game time. They're going to have more people involved. They're going to be doing deeper diligence, really inspecting, making sure what's represented is accurate. Look for any potential risks. And you're going to be on the other end responding to it as a seller, where there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of requests for documentation. And it's taxing. It's distracting to go through that process. So I think being mindful of what you're getting into uh, and being prepared and being having resources there to to assist you as you go through that process and just know that there's still a lot of work to do on your end. What is um what would you say are the top five mistakes that uh, businesses go through when they're attempting to go through this process? When they're going to go sell, we talked one about preparation. Uh, we talked two about not having the right advisor in place. You know, that's a, a key one. You want to have an expert that knows m has done it, particularly in your industry. Uh, the third one we mentioned was just the understanding of how much work's actually involved. It is a very labor-intensive process, and that oftentimes I've, I've seen that where folks aren't prepared for it. Um, what are the other common mistakes made? Uh, you know, I, I, I think the perspective that it's a two way street, you know, that's a lot of very much give and take, but both parties need to be working together to make the deal work. And it's, it's not always about what you're taking out or taking away from the table, but what do you, what can you actually contribute? Mm-hmm. And I, I think approaching it with that mindset goes a lot further because ultimately you, you want this business transaction to be successful really think about what you can put in towards that to make this deal successful for everybody, Uh, not just be solely objectively trying to get what you can out of it. Uh, I would add that it's just making sure it's, it's more, you know, put a, put a, think about what you're giving to the transaction um, to make it successful. 
And then I think the, the last one is just surprises. There's going to be surprises that come up. Uh, it it's, can be a roller coaster ride, some of these deals, where you have some up and downs where you think the deal's over and, and, and you know, now it's back on again. So I, I think being flexible, being flexible on these surprises that happen, just know that things are going to come up. Um, know that there's, there's a lot that needs to be thought through for the deal to be successful after the deal's done, which I, I think is important too. A lot of times when someone sells a business, they just want to sell and be done and get out. But they, there should be considerations on assuring there's a smooth transition so that the organization can continue to grow and thrive after the deal is done. Right. And you've mentioned it, uh, more than once that whoever you hire um, to help you through this this uh, process, that they need to understand mergers and acquisitions within your industry. Tell us why that is so important, not just go pick a general person to say, OK, well, yep, I've done it before. Why is it so important to be sure that they understand your industry as you're going through this process? There's a lot of nuances to each industry. You know, if you look at the the retail industry, we and all of a sudden we have this heavy e emphasis on the leases and understanding what clauses are there to uh, that relate with transfer of ownership. Do we need to get approval from landlords? Things of that sort. It's the very unique aspects when it comes to retail. When we look at healthcare, a lot of things around the information that we're managing, around the nature of the industry itself. Um, so I, I feel like every industry has these unique things that make the deal intrinsically unique, but then also have legal implications to it and then structuring the deal. Uh, and then industry by industry, there's different standards of doing deals where one might be common practice in one industry, but not so common in another industry. So I, I would dig a little deeper, not just get somebody that has m &A experience, but somebody that knows your domain. Um, and then two, they, they could be more resourceful in other ways. You know, if there's other expertise you need in the field, they may be able to help connect the dots or be resourceful in other ways, just from them knowing the industry and knowing, uh, having a network in the industry. Um, that's that's very important um, because of what you said, like, you know, in different industries, there's different things, rules, certificates, um, a lot of legal type things that need to be in place based on your industry. It could be completely different from retail opposed to someone that's like in a um, like logistics or hazmat type of, of business of things that's needed and just making sure, you know, that we all hear that all of the I's are dotted and T's across uh, in that because you don't want to, you know, purchase something then they, you know, don't have all of these things that's necessary or they have not been practicing all the safety and going through the safety uh, audits and things that they should have been going through and that they've been passing. So you want to be sure all of that is reviewed before, you know, you take on a headache that, you know, you really don't want. Absolutely. So um, with your academy, why would someone uh, attend your academy 
for mergers and acquisitions opposed to just, you know, let me get on Google and find someone. Yeah, you know, we, we started this academy because we, we found this white space in the industry if somebody wanted to learn M&A, particularly if maybe they were new to the industry and mm-hmm. know there's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good programs. A lot, a lot of the things that we saw were either very broad and shallow and not very practical, uh, that or they're just very outdated curriculums. There wasn't access to what are the current trends and practices happening today so we took the idea of introducing what we saw as common training practices, micro learning and these formats that are uh, widely getting adopted uh, to cater to the this next generation of practitioners. And more importantly, give them access to the top level practitioners. We found it much more valuable to learn from somebody that's actively practicing in the industry that's continuing to shape their techniques and skills for them to teach as opposed to somebody that hasn't worked in the industry in a decade. So we partner with practitioners to create these short form courses that's based on their current experience. Okay. Um, so, you know, based on their current experience, if someone, uh, let's go on the other side of it. If someone, um, you know, research you and say, okay, yeah, I need to attend. What are some of the things that they need to do to prepare themselves before they even apply? Appetite to learn. If you don't have that, they're not going to get very far. So I, I think there's, there's a lot with M&A because there's a lot of different areas that you can go into, be it the financial aspects of it, be the management parts. There's a lot to manage with the diligence, the integration, then within each function, there's a lot that M&A will end up uh, changing. When we think about M&A, these tend to be the largest transactions in the world that also lend over to the largest magnitude of change management an organization could go through. If you're getting acquiring a business and doing a full-on integration, that's a lot. You're changing payroll systems, HR systems, comp, and a lot of different things could potentially change. And it's difficult. People don't like change by nature. You're going to upset some folks and try to, you know, execute this large magnitude of change management without upsetting people is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that there's there's a lot, and I, I think the industry is shaping to understand that that it's more about the people and being empathetic, understanding where people are coming from, um, trying to understand that so that you can align teams around goals and that continue them continue that alignment to achieve those goals uh, after this deal is done so there's there's a lot to to put in to make these deals successful uh, so with that there's a lot to learn and I, I think it all starts with just having a strong appetite to be willing to learn but prepared to deal with the unknown wow that that is true that's if, if you don't still have that appetite it it don't even matter it's, it's no need to even go to the next step um, how can uh, a seller maximize their value? I guess there's two things. There's We talked a little bit about the nature shaping to be more focused on people and finding the right home for the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's this other view of the absolute top dollar. And in the absolute top dollar case, you're more inclined to run an auction process where you would typically hire an investment bank. You would do a search and find maybe three to five investment banks that cover the industry 
and invite them to what's called a bake-off. Have them pitch where they present on why they would be a good fit and ultimately give you a range of the value that they would anticipate for your business. And then they would run a process where they would invite uh, a number of prospective buyers to look at your business and express interest if if they're... uh, They're going to have a non-disclosure agreement signed. And then once they go through this information, they should have enough to assess or maybe have some follow-on questions uh, that they can get responses to. They should be comfortable to put a letter of intent. You know, there may be requests for management presentations where they would want to meet the management team of the company they're looking to acquire to get a sense of their confidence. You froze again. Hello. Yep, I, I'm here, Melissa. Okay, all right. Let's start where uh, you said that they can get a, I think you was going to say management team or something. You kind of cut off. Uh, yeah, so what what will happen is we'll go through this process. You're, you're assigned some non-disclosure agreements and then provide more additional information to the buyer. And oftentimes buyers will request an MP or a management presentation where they'll want to essentially interview the management team of the company they're looking to acquire and to get a sense of what their fits like, what the working relationship's gonna be like with them, shape up their post-close plan. Are they gonna keep the management team and continue working with them? Or are they gonna look at replacing certain members? Uh, that's gonna be another key part of that process in selling. And then once they go there, the, they should get comfortable to put a, a letter of intent, put an actual offer. And this is where you would work with that investment bank to narrow down to one of the specific buyers. And if you run a competitive process, that's how you're going to get the highest price. Um, I, I think there's a long view on selling a business too, where you can actually court potential buyers ahead of time. And you could do that as early as you want. And that's there's a large corporation, they often have a team called corporate development and they're responsible for the company's acquisitions. And part of their job is to be out fielding potential acquisitions. So that's that's an opportunity for a seller is to get familiar with these potential organizations that would acquire their business and get to know some of those people in corporate development to get on the radar, know that they're there, maybe do some periodic check-ins so they can get a sense of what the growth is like for, the, for your business. Um, so sometimes it's a, a better transaction when you can build that relationship and get aligned around what the goals would be and putting a deal together for the greater good of the business and the people mm-hmm. and be satisfied with the, the financial return you would get on the exit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other view is do we hire a bank and try to create as competitive of a process as possible to maximize the return? Different ways to look at it. I think it really depends on the seller. If it's a short term, I want to get out and I don't really care much about anything else. Maybe run an auction process. But if it's, hey, I want to be strategic about it, I want to do, be mindful, do what's best for the people, do, well, you know, some people, they grow close to their business where it's like family for them. They want to take care of family. Uh, then you're going to take your time and really put more consideration. I, I think this is like a lot of things in life. When we rush decisions, we're more likely to make poor decisions. When we take our time and get as much information as we can, uh, we're more likely to make better decisions. 
You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, with everything that you said, I know it may seem, you know, a little technical or high up for, you know, some that's thinking about it and just not quite sure of what to do, how to do it, or the steps to take. And, you know, as you're listening to this, you know, be sure that, you know, you've jotted down some of the notes that um, Kaisen has said and, you know, also contact him directly to be sure that you get the, the understanding before you just jump into it and be patient. I think patience is, is the number one key here because it's, it, it's something that could take somebody three months. It could take a six months, a year. It just really depends on the situation and the industry and everything else that's involved behind the scenes. So just be patient as you're going through this process. And, you know, some things are going to happen, like he said, and just, you know, be ready for whatever those things are and, and be prepared to just go for the solution. How can we figure it out? How can we fix it or get whatever information that you may need? So um, thank you so much, Kaisen, for coming on and talking about this. Let everyone know how they can reach you. Go to your website. If they want to attend your academy, just let them know where you are everywhere. Sure. If you're interested in learning about mergers and acquisitions, we have a great site. It's mascience.com. Tons of free content on all topics covering M&A. Myself, I'm on LinkedIn. It's Kisan, K-I-S-O-N, Patel on LinkedIn. Um, happy to, to engage and chat. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Hey, Melissa. Thank you very much. I enjoyed the conversation. Do you want your business in front of an international audience? Advertise with us today. Savvy the Business Podcast. Send us an email at media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Send it today. Don't get left out. Thank you for joining us on Savvy, the business podcast. If you want to be a guest, send an email to media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be heard by millions.